Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Hello and welcome to the Pistols Firing Podcast. We are indeed back at it at long last. I'm Carson Cunningham, in case you've forgotten. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter, the the golf czar, <laughs> the CBS's number one man when it comes to all things golf. Kyle, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's a new phone who dis situation, it feels like. <laughs> um, now, it's been, yeah, golf, it's been cool to have golf back, and we're going to kind of talk about probably like how that relates to college football and everything else. But yeah, we've been just, I, we, <laughs> we kind of unintentionally just didn't do the show for a while. And that wasn't, you know, I think you were traveling a little, I was traveling a little, and then golf kind of took over. So, it's good to talk to you, Carson. I'm excited to talk some college football, and yeah, to be back at it. Yeah, good day to do it, Kyle. Obviously, the last 48 hours have been just totally insane with the Big Ten and Pac-12 essentially canceling their seasons. They say postpone, but I, I kind of view it as a cancellation for, yeah. for the time being. And then today, uh, Bob Bowlesby is just wrapping up a, um, a teleconference, reiterating the fact that the Big 12 is going to play on. And uh, it seems as if the Big 12, ACC, and SEC are going to forge ahead. Um, it's huge news in the world of college football. I'm a bit surprised the Big 12 is doing this, but just your take on uh, we're actually going to have college football, at least in the short term. Yeah, so I got a couple things on this. First, we should mention uh... – that this podcast is brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. They are, um, Carson, they have masks that you can wear. Guess what you should do if you want a college football season? Wear a mask. Wear a mask. And they have some really cool Oklahoma State ones. So pick up your masks at Chris's University Spirit. Wear them around Stillwater, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Dallas, if you live here in Dallas with me. And yeah, thanks to Chris's for sponsoring us. And hopefully they get Hopefully they get a season. Hopefully we get a season. There's a, I mean, I can't, I, I can't, the thing I can't get over, Carson, the surreal nature of the Big Ten and Pac-12 on Tuesday being like, we're out. And the Big 12 on Wednesday morning being like, here's our schedule for the year. Like, <laughs> that, the, the, the difference in those realities, and, and, and again, like, Maybe the Big 12, ACC, and SEC are just kind of kicking the can down the road. But we're about to live in a reality in which three conferences are playing and two are not. Like, what, what is happening? I don't know. And there's so many things to unpack here, so many moving parts. Before you even talk about the players from the Pac-12 and, and uh, Big 10 perhaps wanting to transfer since their conferences aren't playing, just – I do think it's wild, Kyle, that, you know, the, the Big Ten announced their schedule and then just a few days later just canceled. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, Kyle, and people, you know, I'm sure fans, like the idea that Ohio State's not going to play football just blows my mind. I Michigan's know. not going to play football blows my mind. But I think when, when fans are upset from those conferences, I think they have, you have to understand the school presidents inherit all of the risk here. They inherit all of the blame here. I just don't think those two conferences, their presidents – 
with uh, everything that's going on, they don't feel it's worth the risk to, to do it. And I, I certainly understand, you know, they're in a risk adverse business. They're in a risk adverse position as, as university presidents. I, I totally understand all that. But on the other hand, Kyle, like our world has to continue. We have to continue going to schools at, at all ages. We have to continue businesses at all ages and we have to inherit some risk. Now I'm not sitting up here saying that we should risk the lives of college football players. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we have to go about our lives in a safe, responsible manner. We can't just shut down and stay at home for the next year or however long it takes to get a vaccine. We just can't do it. So I, I applaud the Big 12. I applaud the SEC and ACC for going about it in a safe, well-reasoned, planned way. Because Bob Bowles be laid it out today, Kyle. They're, they're, they're going to test players three times a week. It's, it's very well thought out. And I think that's all you can ask for. And then, as Bob Bowlesby said, if things – get off the rails. If things, if their doctors tell them you guys are out of, like, this is out of control right now, they'll shut it down. I think that's the way to go about it. Like if, if that's what happens, then you go about it. But I, I do like what the big, big 12 has, has done here. I, I agree. I, I think, um, God, it's so, it's so complex, like you said, and there's so many different angles you could look at it from, but I think the, the thing that I kind of go back to consistently with this stuff is not, it, like people talk about, okay, well, it's safe or it's not safe or whatever. That's not the, the, the that's not really the point. I was talking to a buddy about this yesterday. He went to Baylor and he was like, what, what's the deal? Like, I, I was like, I don't really get it. And I was kind of explaining to him, it's less about safety. Cause I think we, I think we're all on the same page of like, this seems like the best environment after like, you've got all these protocols, you're testing three times. I mean, it's like, it's pretty good, right? Like it's a, I think it's a better environment than I'm currently in, right? Like I'm not being tested all the time and, and monitored and, and all, all this stuff, but it's about the liability. And, and so the liability, and, and this is not like my concept, like tons of people have been saying this, liability is one person getting it, two people getting it and suffering long-term effects from it and what happens when you expose yourself to that kind of liability is that you are exposed for long periods of time to exorbitant sums of money, right? Is like if a player gets it and they experience effects at age 35 or age 30 or something happens later down the road, they can come back and be like, wait a second, I didn't, I didn't sign a waiver. Then say I won't let us sign waivers. So you're kind of at fault here and presidents are un and they should be uncomfortable with that. That that's sort of the problem here. Right. And so you can kind of get into like the amateur versus professional side of things. And like, it, it's uh, the whole thing is so messy and I don't know, I, I feel equal parts hopeful that this can continue in a safe, good way. Cause I think that 99% of players want it to continue. Right. But also like just uh, sad that it's not continuing for some conference conferences and potentially sad about what the effects could be long-term. I just, I don't, I, I'm not totally sure like how to feel about everything. Yeah, I, I agree too. Like as much as I said, I'm happy they're moving forward with it. I mean, how, you know, you hate to think this way, but what if someone with a, a player with a heart condition gets it and, and unfortunately passes away? I mean, at that point, 
you sit around and say, well, was this all worth it? And I think that's the risk that the presidents are looking at. So it's, it's a complicated issue. It's, it's convoluted. Um, I'm, I am a bit surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all the SEC is continuing. I knew they were going to play. <laughs> I, I am a bit surprised the, the Big 12 decided to forge ahead as well. And that kind of leads me to my next point, Kyle. How unbelievable is it that 10 years ago, the Big 12 was looking for a home. They were looking at the Pac-12. Now you got all these schools in the Big Ten and elsewhere that maybe want to come play in the Big Twelve right now. I know Bob Bowlesby shot that down today and said our intention is not to add other teams, but you got Scott Frost up in Nebraska right now saying we'll play, we'll play anywhere. We want to go play, and uh, I think that's going to be another domino to fall too, Kyle. What, what if these individual universities decide, you know what, we're out of here. We're gonna go play somewhere else. I don't know. That's it's interesting that how much the Big Twelve wielded a lot of power. Like I think someone termed it yeah. as they were a swing state in an election. And it, yeah. that's certainly what it felt like. It is what it felt like. And, and I think that, you know, I think some of the Scott Frost stuff and some of the stuff you hear from other coaches, it, it felt, it felt like a little bit of like last second posturing of like, Hey, let's try to force our league's hand. Like, I don't, I, I think when you get like all the smart people in the same room and say, okay, what are the long-term effects if we go play eight games this season? <clears throat> How does that affect us? with our conference in the long term and how does that affect us financially with our conference in the long term that starts to be problematic so it feels like it doesn't feel like that stuff is necessarily like a reality like the idea of it is crazy and sounds like it could happen but i i think when you when you actually like when the rubber meets the road like that is not a thing that would actually happen but i i think your broader point about the big 12 like not only are they in a pretty strong position here, they're, they're in a stronger position than people think nationally. I think people still think of the big 12 as kind of a laughing stock, right? Like, Oh, they don't play defense. They don't have any money. They didn't that, you know, Texas has all the money. Big 12 makes a lot of money. They make more money than the PAC 12. They make more money than the ACC and no, they don't make as much as the sec or big 10, but they're in a really like strong position as an organization. And so uh, I, I do wonder, um, I don't know, like whenever you were talking about that, I just sort of, it made me think about how people view the Big 12 nationally and, and how they've been a lot stronger in so many different ways over the past 10 years than people probably ever would have imagined. Absolutely. I think people really gloss over the fact of what you just mentioned, how much money they make now. They, they really do. And I, I saw, um, I think it was Adam Rittenberg, who's a big Pac-12 guy kind of mocking the big 12 that like what Nebraska did by public publicly reprimanding their own conference for, for shutting things down. He, he acted like the big 12 had no money and no power to, to that, like that. He said that like would never happen because the big 12 doesn't have enough money. And I'm like, dude, you haven't been paying attention. Like big 12 is doing pretty well. They're not doing as well as the big 10, obviously with the big 10 network, but guess what? The big 10 is not going to be playing any games. Yeah. So I don't know how all that works, but to your point, I, I think it was mostly posturing by Scott Frost because and we can break down Oklahoma State's schedule that's released. I mean, there's not a whole lot of time in here, Kyle, to be adding other games. There's frankly not any time to be adding games from with teams from other conferences. And how does that look when, you know, so-and-so has to play Michigan, others don't, Ohio State, all that. It's very convoluted. But but uh, I, I do agree with you it's mostly posturing. Is, uh, is Rittenberg, is he Big Ten or Pac-12? I think he's Pac-12. I think he's a Colorado he, guy. I thought he was Big Ten, but I, I could be wrong about that. He, he um, could be. Do you want to talk about the, the schedule? 
Yes. You know, people were asking me for weeks what OSU was going to do about their opener. I, I always just said Tulsa. Like it's yeah. down the road. It's easy. Uh, it's it's way less moving parts for your team to travel. All that all that being said, is September twelfth is the opener for Oklahoma State, and they have a bye on September nineteenth. And I thought you made a really good point. Uh, was it you that wrote the ten thoughts on OSU schedule and the, everything that's happened? Uh, yeah, I thought you made a really good point. You know, their Big Twelve opener is now September twenty sixth at home against West Virginia. You know, yes, picked near the bottom of the Big Twelve. You and I have talked a lot on this podcast about Mike Gundy's losing record in Big 12 openers. That was supposed to be on the road at TCU, which yep. is one of their toughest games. And so now that gets moved all the way to December 5th, and they open with West Virginia. I think that's a fantastic break, if you want to call it that, for OSU. Yeah, I totally agree. So you go you go Tulsa, bye. Uh, you go at, uh, West Virginia at home, Kansas away, bye. So you're sitting there on – I can't believe we're breaking down the schedule right now. Michigan canceled their season yesterday and I'm breaking down Oklahoma State's schedule. <laughs> uh, you, you go into October 10 as a bye week. You should be 3-0, and right? If you're not 3-0, and something went really poorly. Like something broke. Something went bad. And then you got add Baylor, which is probably going to be, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what Baylor is going to be this year. Who knows? And then this is the stretch that's, it's tough. You go, uh, Iowa State at home, Texas at home on Halloween, sick. And then at K-State. And that's, those are, that's kind of messy. Like that, that's a difficult stretch. And then another buy, and then you close with at OU, uh, Tech at home at TCU, which is, that's a, that's a tough closing stretch as well. So I don't know. I, yeah, I think flipping the TCU game out of that first spot to make it last is a good thing. And I think the bye spots, I mean, everybody kind of has the same bye weeks. They're not, there's not a ton of variation, but they're set up pretty nicely for OSU. The four-game stretch in the middle is difficult. But other than that, you wouldn't have wanted your bye weeks to be any other weeks, I don't think. No, I, I agree. And they're, they're set up so well to get to the latter half of the season unscathed. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, they will be undefeated, I would say, going at Baylor, then Iowa State at home, then then Texas. But more than anything, Kyle, I just I love the the way they've kind of they kind of ease into the big <laughs> big twelve schedule. How many carries is Chuba gonna have through three games? Like ten? <laughs> Like Tulsa, West Virginia, Kansas, he might not play after the first quarter. In those they games. might put him in a bubble until October 17th. Seriously. I mean, at Baylor will be tough, of course. But no, I, I love the way it shapes up. And again, I like playing Oklahoma in November. I, I thought it was going to be so strange having Bedlam, you know, kind of peaking in October fan-wise with Bedlam in the, you know, the first portion of the Big 12 schedule. Do you like Bedlam being – in November as opposed to where it was supposed to be in October? Uh, I didn't mind the October thing. I mean, they put, didn't they play it in October with, when, uh, when Kyler and Cornelius had their little shootout? I think I that was think the, so. I, I think, think that, that was toward the, the end of the year. Uh, was it? I yeah, they haven't played in October, I want to say, since the, the Adrian Peterson spin move game. Oh, that game was Back crazy. Back in Stillwater, yeah. Was that the one where OSU had a field goal to tie it late? Yep. Yeah. Missed it. Jason Ricks. Mm-hmm. Man, what a memory. I was at that game. Um, me too. I uh, game game day was there. Yeah. I 
yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't mind the OU in October thing. I, I was fine with it. I, I, I think the difference now is that you've got this Big Twelve title game, and if you presume that OSU and OU are going to be your top two teams, then there, there's still like this bedlam to look forward to at the end of the year, right? True. I mean, it, it might not happen. It hasn't happened yet, but I think when you move it up to October, I'm not, I, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me that much. I, the Texas game in the middle of the year is interesting. I, I thought it was cool that they had Texas at the very end because that was maybe some Big 12 title implications. Uh, Halloween um, is, I mean, they've, didn't they play Texas on Halloween with Zach and they got just smashed? Yeah, that was the, uh, Nine? What's the what's the Thomas the safety name Thomas from the, he used to play for the Seahawks and he plays for the Ravens. Earl. That was the Earl Thomas like pick six game where they just got annihilated I think at home. But it was everyone was fired up for the Halloween game and it it didn't turn out turn out. Uh, you're right about the the Kyler 2018 game 48-47 OU one. It was uh, November 10th, so first week second week in November. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, I look. Are we talking about a schedule that might never happen? Maybe. I, I have no idea, but I, I'm, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just I, – there's such a lament here of, like, you and I – we always talk about this. We talk about it on the podcast. We talk about it in person. It's such a fun time of year when you get into August, you get into September, and you're like, ah, college football. It's like the weather's turning. I just – I love this time of year. We did this thing. Uh, at the dinner table last night with our family. And I was like, hey, what's everybody's favorite season? If you had to pick one season, it could be for the rest of your life, what would you pick? And almost everybody in our family said fall, including me. I, I love it. I think it's the best. And now we're just getting a broken up, weird version of it that might not even happen. So I just, I'm frustrated about that. I, th- I think it stinks and I hate it. And I wish it wasn't like that. Well, at least we're getting football though, right? Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe. That's, what I, that's what I'm saying is like, if this happens fantastic like i'm i'll be so glad about it and hopeful that nobody gets covid and like things go smoothly i mean do you want to talk about how it relates to like other sports i mean you've covered nba stuff i've covered golf like what what, how do you view it in light of what you've seen go on with other sports maybe specifically the nba yeah i mean i think the nba has done about as well as they possibly could but I have found myself with these eight seeding games not being nearly as invested as like typical regular season games. Now maybe that'll change once they get in the playoffs, and I'm sure it will. But they've done a good enough job, I think, with just the game day environment. I was really worried, Kyle, because I covered the uh, Orlando Summer League three or four years ago, maybe five years ago, and playing in like an empty gym is just you know, a summer league game. Just was the most boring, quiet miserable experience and I think they've done a good job with like the the environment so to speak in terms of making it feel like a real NBA game and I think those games will get real intense come playoffs so I've I've mostly enjoyed the NBA I've loved the golf I don't miss Baba Booey or mashed potatoes when guys are teeing off at all Um, but no it's it's certainly not the same and there certainly is some lament in terms of how they're going to determine a champion I mean no no home court advantage for the team that earned it. That that doesn't seem right, but I guess you got to do what you got to do at this point. Yeah, I. this is hard because, again, you, you get into a little bit of the professional nature of it versus the amateur nature. And this is sort of what I've been writing about of like you, you can't 
it's so difficult to be like, hey, bubble up the football players when it's like, well, how, wait, are they different than the other students that are on campus? Like it just, it gets super messy in a hurry. And again, like, I don't think it's the safety thing. The NBA has been doing it. I, I, I haven't followed it super closely. It seems like they've been doing it well. Is that true? Yeah, they've been doing great. I mean, they they re- literally have a bubble because they can. They're you know they're pretty much sequestered and right. And they haven't and hard, had hardly any positive tests. The PGA Tour has been doing it. I I think well. They had some cases early on, and and their thing. This is the crazy part, Carson. They're traveling around the country. It's not like, I mean, it's a it's a traveling bubble, which is akin to not a bubble. It's it's not a bubble. It's it's everybody's entering and exiting and kind of all over the place but they have a ton of testing. They have the right protocol in place and it's created a safe environment, which again, I think you're getting that with college football. I, 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 I just don't think it's about the safety part of it. I, I don't, I think it's about the, the liability of it. I, I just, I keep going back to that. So I think this is possible for it to happen. And I hope that it does in a reasonable, wise um you know, safe way. Well, that's the problem with, you know, college campuses. I mean, Bob Bowlesby talked about the players having to be responsible and not going to mass gatherings and parties and stuff, but like who, who for one second thinks that's going to happen? Like that's the, that's obviously the number one concern is just the student bodies are going to mingle. That's just going to happen. So that's, that's the big outlier here. And, and Bowlesby has said that if things get out of control, they'll, they'll shut it down. But but uh, yeah, that's that's the biggest difference in college football and college athletics versus the the pro sports. Uh, a larger question I had for you, Kyle, is let's say OSU wins the Big Twelve. They go to the, <laughs> they win the Big Twelve championship game. What happens next? Do they have a college football playoff? What do you what say you? I uh, <clears throat> well, the Pac twelve never makes it anyway, right? Yeah, they're 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 not in it anyway. So, I, I mean, what an awesome time to te- to try out like the eight team playoff. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that would be pretty great. It's it's all jacked up anyway. It's all messed up anyway. So why not? You're you're playing shorter seasons. You're only playing ten games. ACC is playing eleven. I guess you could play twelve if you're Clemson or whoever plays for the ACC title game. Uh. You, if you're Oklahoma State, you you hopefully will play 11 if you're playing a Big 12 title game. But to, th- to throw two or three on top of that would not be, you know, that would be like a normal season with a bowl game or whatever. So that would be incredible. I, I, th- I think they would figure something out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've seen all this stuff on Twitter about, oh, we have a fall champ and a spring champ. Guess what? Spring's not happening. That is not going to happen. I mean, do no. you think it'll happen? I don't. I that think just, they're just kicking the can down the road, like you yeah. said. Yeah, like the more, the more, and at first I was like, I was kind of a proponent of it. And the more I've looked into it, the more I've kind of read about it and like, you know, all the different stuff. It's like, that, that can't happen. You can play 24 games in seven months. Like, that's stupid. How about this proposal? This is from uh, Marty Smith from ESPN, covers some Big 12 every now and then. He says... Provided the conference's medical advisors say it's ultimately safe to play, a Power 3 scenario works for 2020. Big 12, ACC, SEC. Play the schedules you've already created. Big 12 is 9 plus 1. 
ACC 10 plus one, and SEC is 10 conference games only. The best four still play for the college football playoff. Yeah, I think I think that's fair and reasonable. I don't know if it'll – I mean, I hope it happens. I hope any of this happens. I don't, I don't even care at this point. I'm like, just let Kansas and Vandy play for it all. I don't, I don't care. I just want to watch it. You know it would be the most Oklahoma State thing ever <laughs> is if they won the national title in that scenario and people discredit it and it doesn't, doesn't count. <laughs> they could replace the 1945 banner. <laughs> and then the memes would insist that, you know, Ohio State would have beat them in the playoff if they were allowed to play. <laughs> Ohio State was going to be good this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's, a, that's one of my biggest questions is what happens with those players? I, I guess they don't have, really have much recourse in this scenario, but I'd be taking if – I'm, if I'm the quarterback at Ohio State, Justin Field, I'm, I'm taking the NCAA, the Big Ten. I'm taking everybody to court. Like, I want to play, and you're going to go let me play where I want. But I don't, I don't know if that would even hold yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be in the NFL draft in like eight months anyway. So That's true. Uh yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back with some uh, parting thoughts on everything that's unfolded. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, we're back. Um, so if football is played, which at this point it looks like it will be, um, what, what are the... I, like give me some questions or thoughts you have about Oklahoma state going into, into the fall. I guess we've already started fall camp. First game is a month from 30 days from today, uh, which is weird. Uh, well, just w- what are the things you're thinking about as OSU heads into the fall? Well, first and foremost, for me, it's, it's the progression of Spencer Sanders. And I, I do think we, we broke down the schedule. I do think Tulsa, West Virginia at Kansas with two bye weeks mixed in before he goes on the road for his for his first uh, Big 12 road game of the season. I think that's a great lead-in and a great stretch of games to get him back in the groove, get him comfortable, get him – you know, he's had a whole year to get used to the speed of the game. But I think that's a great kind of launching pad for him. And I think so much rests on his progression from year one to year two. And I thought he flashed at times with some unbelievable play. You think about that Texas game, he really – he was really bobbing. What do they say? Bucking, bucking his head. Is that what the no laying up guys say? He, <laughs> yes. He was, he was bucking, bucking his, his head. head in that Texas second half. And I thought Gundy kind of took the reins from him a little bit. So I'm interested to watch that. Obviously the health of Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard's paramount. They have to have those guys healthy. And then if all that happens, look, I've, I've renewed confidence in the defense based on what I saw yeah. last year. Their last six games, I want to say, they didn't allow more than 35 points, which that gives OSU a chance to win every game with their offense and the weapons they have. And of course, you know, you have Casey Dunn coming in as OC. There's questions there, but Oklahoma state's a complete team, Kyle. They have a ton of returning starters. This is kind of shaped up to be one of those quote unquote, the year, you know, that we've had. Yeah. I think back to that Mason Rudolph season when they went nine and three disappointingly and lost three home games. I think, 
I think they're set up just as well as that season in terms of going to compete for a Big 12 championship. Yeah, you're, you're set up, and this is the whole point, right, is, is you're set up to get to the Big 12 title game. Whatever, whatever else happens, like if you don't get there or if you get there and lose or if you get there and win, it, your, your whole goal like within a program is to have a – and Gundy said this in – I think it was January – is to have like a real shot at playing for the Big 12 title. Like – Forget about the college football playoff. Forget about a national championship. Forget about going six and six. Like when you go into September, you should be saying we have a really, really good chance to play for for a conference championship. And you can look at the last two years and say, oh, well, maybe they could. No, no, those those were not teams that were conference championship type teams. And this one is. And I think that is the whole point. And you got to take advantage of some of those at some point, right? Like they they haven't done that. I mean, Gundy's still, again, he's won one Big 12 title. And they played for a bunch kind of in there uh, with, with Rudolph and playing OU at the end of the year. But since the, since the uh, Big 12 flipped to a title game, they haven't played for it. They haven't been in it, which is, which is kind of crazy th- considering how much success they've had over the last decade. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. Um, I agree with you about Sanders. I think that is – I mean, him making the leap is the preeminent storyline going into the fall. And I think he will. I think, he, I mean, I've, I've always thought that he's going to be special. I thought there were signs of it last year, the Oregon State game, parts of the Texas game. Uh, later in the year when he started to find a groove, um, it might have been Kansas or somebody late in the year, you're like, oh, this is, this is sweet. This is awesome. So, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, and he, he of course, had those just awful turnovers. That was that – was- the main problem that's that's kind of what you expect out of a freshman so now that he has a year under his belt you would certainly expect him to, to take care of better, better care of the uh the football so that yeah. i'm excited i hope the season is able to happen uh kind of we'll have to wait and see on that kyle but for the foreseeable future at least today we have a, a college football season to look forward yeah. to hey before we go you have any partying matthew wolf thoughts t4 at the pga championship awesome performance couldn't make any putts oh I mean, what did he have? Like, there were like three putts that they showed that were so, within ten feet, right? So I went back and counted. I think I get these numbers right. It's one off if if they're not right. He had on Sunday at the PGA he shot sixty five, and he was just knocking down flags. He had nine birdie or eagle putts in at twelve feet or what, like twelve feet or in, and he had I think eleven at sixteen feet or in. And he didn't, I mean, he made it a couple of them, but he just, it was the number of six, seven, eight footers that he missed was just, he could have shot 62. Oh, easily. Yeah. Which is insane. I mean, he was, he was really, and I said that I got made fun of because on Friday night I was like, Hey, Matthew Wolf is leading the field in strokes game T to green and he hasn't made any putts. I was like, he's going to pop on the weekend. And people are like, Oh, it's OSU pick. I'm like, I, look, I just, these are the numbers. I don't know what to tell you. And look, all of a sudden he pops on the weekend and he still didn't make any putts. He was just hitting it even better than he was on Thursday and Friday. It was, it really hurt to watch the short yeah. putts just not drop. And I will say he's kind of, he can win every tournament and he can miss every cut. He's, <laughs> he's kind of a, he's kind of like a, like a Bubba Watson where 
when he's on, he's at number one on the leaderboard and can win as long as he hits a few putts, right? Yeah. But he can also miss a few cuts, which he has. And I think that's the difference. And that's what probably his biggest detractors were about his swing was, can he, is it consistent? And you just look at a, a Colin Morikawa, who he was better than uh, in college, not by much. Colin Morikawa had an unbelievable collegiate career. But you're starting to see he's a little bit more consistent in terms of making cuts and, and putting scores together. So I, I kind of thought Wolf would have the career that Morikawa's had to this point. They've been very similar. Obviously, Morikawa just got the big one with the, uh, the major. But I think Hovland's been proven to be a little bit more consistent than Wolf and, and certainly Morikawa as well. But, but no, I mean, Wolf was right there and had every chance to win his first major. It was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and to be fair to Wolf, I think you'd almost rather, especially earlier in your career, you'd rather have high ceiling, low floor than lower uh, ceiling and high floor. Like you, Because you, who cares if you miss 10 cuts as long as you win three events, right? This was a little bit of – the Bubba comparison is really good. This was a little bit of – uh, Justin Thomas early in his career to where he'd go out and like contend to win and then he'd miss two straight cuts and you're like wait a second that's weird but then he got super consistent over the last you know three or four years and now he's probably the best player in the world so yeah it's exciting it was it was fun to watch from Wolf I like Ricky's Pistol Pete mask that's about the only positive for him right now you don't like his whiffing a six inch putt to miss the cut by one <laughs> that was that was tough to watch. I'm I'm concerned about Ricky's game. This, this swing change stuff's not happening. It's I golfers to me are so strange. Like you've <laughs> you've played golf your entire life to get to this point, and you decide to change your swing. I just I, I'll, I'll never understand it. Spieth, he changed his too. He's still well, got he, that goofy looking swing. Well, it's, it's just not any good anymore. He did something that's not good. I I don't I don't know. But now yeah. it's. Yeah, exciting times for uh, for Oklahoma State golfers on the show. I did have one OSU golfer on tour texting me yesterday, being like, "What's the what's going on with the Big 12? I'm like, "I I don't know. You tell me." You're like, "I'm in the golf world right yeah. now. You got you got to show send me some smoke signals to the shed. I don't know what's going on with Big 12. Uh, would a uh, what last thing would would a Morikawa Wolf pairing do anything for you at the Ryder oh, Cup? My gosh. Let let Wolf tee off and Morikawa approach. Now oh. both of both of them got to make some putts, but they'll hit it so close it probably won't matter. That would be just they're they're probably. I mean Morikawa is going to be on the team, and Wolf is is uh, is getting to the range where you're like, oh, this is interesting. Like he, yeah, he, there's just so many dudes from America. Yeah, like I know, like, like Finau is is playing out of this world. He's not winning, but like he's a lot. Guys like that that are, you know, outside the top ten that are American are are certainly locks. Yeah. So now it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to follow. Uh, we will be back, Carson, next week. I'm uh, I'm off for a few days. I think I might actually be coming up to Oklahoma for a couple of days, but. Um, be safe, get your masks at Chris's University Strip, and we will talk soon. Sounds good. See you, Kyle.